Hey, Purpose Claremont. Um, hope you're doing well today. Um, I wanted to share out of James 5, again, just like I did the last time, another thing that stood out to me. Let me pray as we open up and just spend a couple minutes just looking at a couple verses. God, thank you for your word. Draw us deeper and closer to your heart and your passion in order that we are living the life that you've called us to live according to the truth that you revealed in order that we might share the gospel that you want us to proclaim. But may the gospel that we preach be one that is actually conveying the truth of the gospel. God, show us as we spend time with you the truth of your gospel. So God, I pray your blessing on this time. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The last two verses in James 5. The last two verses, this is what he closes his letter with. Um, he writes this. He says, My brothers, which is my brothers and sisters, if if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The, the main part of that, now remember he's talking to Christians, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings them back, that we as followers of Jesus, there are times we can kind of start wandering off. Um, and we even look in Luke 15 where the, the son, the, the youngest son, looks at dad and wants to take off. That's the prodigal son. And he wants to wander off. And what's the, what's the dad do? He lets him go. Romans 1 talks about that. Uh, verse 18 talks about the wrath of God being revealed. And then three times in the following verses throughout the rest of the chapter, it's this God handed them over and God gave them up and God gave them up. But the wrath of God that God is revealing now is that he hands us over to our sin. It's kind of it's kind of humbling to be reminded of this, but then he's like, but remember remember a, a, few, a few key things. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, Guys, the truth, that is so important for us to hold on to, that there is truth. Now, truth truth is not based upon personal opinion. It can't be. It can't be based upon your political party. It can't be based upon your upbringing because those are all, those are all based upon experience or location or whatever. There's got to be truth outside of us that we hold to. And I'm convinced as so many followers of Jesus who are alive today and have gone before us, man, the scriptures point us to truth. It's something outside of us that we can then hold to, and it's universal. It's for the whole planet. It's not based upon a specific culture or country. It's for everyone. So we have to hold that there's truth, and that wandering away from it, our response is to bring people back. But you get to verse 20, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul. So there's those of us who are followers of Jesus, we can start to wander. And we're supposed to go bring people back. Absolutely. And we should be doing it lovingly in relationship, confronting people with grace, but truth, drawing them back to Jesus, at least doing our part. Only the Father can actually do that. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. It's really a God moment. And a God miracle when lives are changed and transformed. But we have a part in it. He calls us to obedience and part of the part of the process. But then, look, but um, from the truth, and someone brings it back, verse 20, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul. See, I think he's talking about two different two different people. Brothers and sisters, that I'm our identities have been changed from sinner to saint. I no longer am called to look upon myself as sinner. 
I'm saint. I still struggle with sin. I will till the day that I die. Outside of Christ, I am wretched, but because I am in Christ, I am I'm child of God. I'm adopted and grafted into his family, and so are you if you've surrendered to Jesus. But then verse 20, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. Now, I know people would, would might hear this and go, no, I think it's the same person. I think the key part for this is to look at what the mission is. So we can we might we we can disagree on if this is first talking about Christians and then talking about those who are who are pre pre conversion before they come to Christ. But look at how look at the importance of our mission. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. Will cover a multitude of sins. Friends, there is so much going on in the world, and I I just keep looking and thinking. Have we become so focused on the temporary things that, yes, they need to be addressed and they need to be dealt with. And and we as the church need to continue to speak up for those who are oppressed and persecuted. We need to speak up for those who have no voice. We need to speak up for justice. We need to speak up and bring liberty to those who feel like they have no freedom. For those who feel like they're forgotten, we want to make sure that we're meeting needs of those who are truly in need. There's physical needs all around the world that can be taken care of and dealt with in pretty easy ways. And so as God's church, as the church of Jesus, we need to continue to do those things. But in the end, it's all got to be connected to turning people away from sin in order that their souls might be saved. For me to do really nice things, for us to do nice things, or for us to focus in on an issue today without bringing the gospel of Jesus into it, is pretty much to deal with the temporary, but to not impact eternity. And so, friends, it's it's more of a both end. It's, it's, and it can't be, well, we're just going to preach the gospel and not meet needs of people, because James chapter 2 even talks about that. You can't say, well, you can't look up somebody who has needs and go, hey, be, uh, be warmed and well-fed um, to a person who's naked and hungry, he says, then you have no faith. That's not, that's not the kind of faith that is saving faith. Saving faith will be seen in how we work. Realize we don't work in order to be saved. We work because we're saved. We've been saved by Jesus. And the natural outpouring of our being saved by Jesus is that we should be doing good works. And I feel like at the forefront of those good works is that disciples make disciples. All of us make disciples. That we don't rely upon uh pastors and church leadership to put together these events that we simply bring people to and hope people show up or we put together these worship gatherings where hopefully people will show up it's more like every single one of us are intentional right where we live and we're meeting our neighbors and loving them and trying to meet needs and bringing Jesus into the conversation and it's us being active disciples who make disciples who make disciples instead of relying upon events we actually really are convinced that Jesus changes everything. And so we listen to this. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Guys, that just sounds like something that will impact somebody forever. We cannot, we cannot be followers of Jesus who forget to point people to Jesus because that's the most uncomfortable part of the conversation. It's super great, and it feels amazing to meet physical needs. And it feels like you've—it feels like we're changing things as we stand up for a cause. 
But if those things are not connected to the message of the gospel, then ultimately we're not really accomplishing anything that changes eternity. At the forefront should be the gospel. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's the message of Jesus that we were dead in our sins and I'm deserving of death and hell and God's wrath. And yet God, in verse in verse 4 of Ephesians 2, but God, but God in his like in his mercy and his grace, he saved me. By by grace you've been saved. There's nothing that I could have done because I was dead. I wasn't seeking after God, but he came for me and then he called me. He wooed me to Jesus and I surrendered to Christ and the Holy Spirit is in me just like he's in you if you've done the same thing. But friends, it's it's about, wow, we've offended a holy God and we need to make sure that the whole world hears, hey, we in our sins, we've offended a holy God and to point them to Jesus. And the thing is that the gospel, it never guarantees that everything after that will be comfortable, that we'll have our best life now or it'll be everything you've ever wanted or it's you're just going to see so much of God's blessing, which I do believe we see God's blessing, but I think so often we turn God's blessing into being comfortable. Our finances will be better. Our relationships will be better. Uh, relationships with our, like with our spouses or our neighbors or our kids it'll all work out perfect it's not the gospel the gospel is i get jesus and anything outside of that is god's mercy it's just him being so so gracious it's just him spoiling but the bible also tells us that we're going to face some tough times and so even from the last one we looked at in verse eight you also be patient establish your hearts why do I need to establish my hearts unless I'm going to go through some difficulties? And so what what better mission could there be than to see all of our neighborhoods following Jesus because we took seriously the call to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples starting in our mission field, which is our neighborhood. So just wanted to share that. It stood out to me again um, as I read it, and I pray that it's a challenge and a blessing for you as we continue to move forward in what God's called us to do. Thank you guys. I love you guys more than you know. We'll talk soon.